The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Mark Henry, and Bully Ray talk about WWE's Fastlane from this past Saturday. Your new undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. And of course, Seth Rollins retaining the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Plus, we get into our big announcement, landscape-changing announcement, here on the Busted Open Podcast for our show tomorrow. Right now, right here on the Busted Open Podcast. Your world champion, Seth Rollins, is still standing after beating Shinsuke Nakamura at Fastlane this past Saturday in your main event. Bully, what did you think of the match? What did you think of the performance? What do you think of Seth Rollins still retaining that WWE World Heavyweight Championship? Interesting that we came back with Elton John's I'm Still Standing. And after the beating that um, Seth took in that match, I believe that he was standing a little too soon after the 10 count. He was celebrating. He was celebrating at 10 count. I mean, you got to see, I would have liked to have seen them, seen Seth sell some more now listen i know it's the end of the pay-per-view i know you got to get the beauty shot but during replay it would have been nice to have seth still down selling all of that physicality he got misted he got pushed off the ladder he went through the announce table he took a bump off of the the uh wherever they held they were in the, in the audience in the stadium yeah. he landed on whatever he landed on then he rolled down to the to the concrete and then he did one of those um one of those inverted suplexes through a table onto Nakamura. so he had been on the concrete yeah so he had been through a lot i would have liked to have seen him selling more at the end and then finally helped up to his feet um, I mean, th- that's just a little point. I just think that gives the match more credibility. I think it gives Nakamura's offense on Seth Rollins more credibility. I did like the match. I thought they did a good job. It's a it's a last man standing match, so you got to pull out all the stops. One of the yeah. things that had me scratching my head was commentary last night. 
Michael Cole is phenomenal at what he does. And up until recently, you know, everybody took Cole for granted. Everybody talked shit about Cole. But recently, they, you know, Seth and Cole were on the mic, and Cole he's only, said he's only missed two days in the past, like, 25 years. Michael Cole is a war workhorse. Michael Cole is a credit to this industry. I cannot say enough great things about Michael Cole on commentary. I mean, look at who he learned from. Look at whose wing he was under. The King, Jerry Lawler, and Jim Ross. Cole's the man. But let's remember this. It's a last man standing match. Cole is, act is like, oh, my God, don't do this. Oh, my God, don't do that. No, you're going to ruin your career. You're going to end it all. Like, it's a last man standing match. This is what we've come to expect. How, Michael, how do you expect somebody to win this match with a side headlock takeover and, and a Randy and a Randy Orton headlock? I mean, like, to me, the commentary uh, it, at, during this match was a little awkward because they're, Cole is selling as if this is the end of the world. Well, it's it a last excessive. man standing match. Excuse me. Well, it was it was a little excessive, but I think some of the some of it was warranted because you have to let people know what level of danger that this is. And I thought that he was very descriptive in this not only could end his career or cause him to lose, but this could end his career. That's I thought that was that was pretty par for the course uh, in a um, in a match like that. I think you're both I think right. You, hold on, Dave. Mark, I think the word excessive is a good word because it seemed like every time they did some type of crazy spot, and I didn't right. really see them do anything so crazy that hasn't been done before. Or something I go, oh, my God, this is too dangerous. But it seemed like every time they did something – Cole was reacting the same way. Overdone. So Overdone. Excessive a is a good word. Excessive. Yeah, and I think you're both right in the fact that, yes, it's a last man standing match, so you're going to do whatever it takes to make sure your opponent doesn't get back on their feet. But I like what Cole, especially bullying, we're going to get into it a little bit more, the latter spot outside the ring where Cole was just saying, you know, think of your family, you know, just just stay down, don't get up. You know, there was, but I agree with you, Mark, that it was a bit excessive, a little too much, a little too overkill. Because just like anything else, if you continue to do it, it kind of loses its effect after a while if you continue to do it throughout the match. So I understand where you're both coming from. It was a great effort. It was a, a very yeah. strong main event. I think people were shocked by the finish. I thought, uh, I think that a lot of people thought that this was going to be Nakamura's night. I think that there are enough people out there who feel like maybe Seth isn't getting the, the championship over to the lengths that they might have originally thought, but they, they, they left it right where it was. It'll be interesting to see who Seth's next opponent is and if he can keep elevating that championship. Well, I mean, I want to get your guys' takes because you know this business better than anybody. I want to get to that, to that point in the match where I thought Nakamura was going to win the championship. And that is, here. you know, we let's think of the story is – you know, Seth Rollins is, is hurt. His back is hurt. They go into that match. 
I mean, the entire match, Nakamura is working on that back. He's working on that back. Seth Rollins is struggling throughout that match. Then you get that ladder spot outside the ring. And they're both on top of that ladder. Nakamura spits the red mist in, into Seth Rollins' eyes and then pushes Seth Rollins off the ladder. Back first, Seth Rollins lands on the, on the announcer's table outside the ring. And he gets up like at eight and a half. Like, to me, this is, where, this is what I believe. And then, Mark, I want to throw it to you and then to you, Bully. I love that. that. To me, that would have been the perfect way to end that match. Nakamura wins the championship. It doesn't hurt Seth Rollins at all. He's injured. His back is, his back is injured. And after a spot like that, first of all, the miss, and then falling back first onto that announce table, there's no shame in losing that championship. And again, it brings another layer to the character of Seth Rollins. And this is one of the things that I complained about is like, man, this puts sympathy on Seth Rollins. Like he shouldn't even have been in that match to begin with. And then he loses the championship because of that injury to the back. Mark, what are your thoughts about that? And would that have been a good way to end that match last night? Dave, I, I, <clears throat> I when I saw it happen, I went, Oh man, that's, that's it. But what happened after made me go, okay, I get it. I would have got up on nine and a half. And I would have had Seth writhing in pain, reaching, just trying to blindly looking for something to pour in his face. Now he's rinsing the poison out, and Shinsuke, bam, gets him back in the ring. And they go into what they did next. You remember what happened next with the table on the outside and Shinsuke going up and the double knees through the table where Shinsuke hit his face on the wall. Dave, I didn't think you could elevate from the table, but they did. So now the the double down would have been great if Shinsuke... Uh, if they both would have went for the wall to get up and Shinsuke knocks Seth's arm off, Seth falls down, Shinsuke stands up because he's up on the wall and Shinsuke was smart enough to knock his arm off to make him fall back down. That would have been a greater, a better finish for me. I didn't feel like going out into the crowd again after being in the audience and taking the bump that they took from the nut shot uh, to the bouncy board, then to the floor. Um, to the, I, to the, uh, I didn't, the Simmons beauty rest? Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the pillow top. I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like that that was uh, uh, necessary if you're going to do it at the end. Again, it's the same, basically the same thing. And now that's that's the thing that you gotta. Uh, if you're gonna you you want time, there was another way to do it than to go out and to the crowd and do the nut shot deal. I would have did without that, and I would have stuck to what they did at the end. One or the other, Dave. One or the other, not both. Bully, Dave. I would have went in a completely different direction based on your 
finish. You're saying that after that they were on top of the ladder and Nakamura blew the red mist into Rollins' eyes and then pushed him off the ladder and he crashed and burned through the announce table, that that should have been the finish, correct? I I thought that would have been the perfect way to end that match, have Nakamura win the championship because, again, I wanted to see Nakamura win the championship. But before we get into those reasons why, um, go ahead with what your thoughts are. It's because of the back injury, right? Yes. Yeah. Tell me the things that, that were brought up during the, the build-up to this story. We got we were told about his back injury that Nakamura knew about. Then Nakamura exposed the back injury. Then we heard about Becky and the family. There were so many things brought up in the course of this story that we thought that Nakamura was going to win. There should have been, if if I'm going to do your finish, Dave, your suggestion mm-hmm. of putting Nakamura over in that moment in time, I would have done something that nobody expected. What's, What's that? Think, that, Dave. Think, think. What would have been totally unexpected there? What? <laughs> okay, I was just uh, out. <laughs> See, when, I, when I do that, Dave, I challenge other people to think. I don't know. I know, but I don't know what you're thinking. Becky throws in the towel. Mm. Why mm. can't Becky come in and say, no, enough's enough? My husband's too banged up. But but first of all, Bully, I love that. I think that's an amazing idea. I again but again but but they they but the WWE chose to not even use the back as a reason why Seth losing, thus Seth retaining that championship on Saturday. No, I, so I, I was just taking your scenario and making your scenario work in a way that's just not typical. Like you would expect the 10 count, right? So yeah. two, four, six, eight, ten. you know, he fell on his back onto the announce table. Have Becky come out and just say, no, they don't even get to count to 10. He's too banged up. Give me some real life stuff. What is that old saying about behind every great man? You know, there's a great woman or something like this. Give me something like that. Show me somebody cared so much for their husband that they didn't want him to continue because she knows how bad he's banged up. Or conversely, because Seth did go over when Seth when Seth finally got to his feet at 10, because what they did in the finish of that match was Rocky two. That was the Rocky two finish. Yeah. So when he's standing up at 10, he should have went right back down. And then we could have got Becky come out with him. Show me you brought Becky up in the story. You brought the wife up. You brought the kids up in the story. Show me that as an aspect of the story. If his back is that bad, his wife is going to have to care about him getting permanently injured. Yeah, Dave. But the, but but here's the but here's the issue. They didn't go I that route. Again, I, I I like what you said about Becky. They didn't go that route. I I still think there's no shame in getting red mist in your eyes, which we all know is the deadliest of the mists. Getting yeah. the red mist in your eyes and falling off the top of the ladder back first onto the announce table. The mist Again, is fucking stupid at this point. It's being, to me, the mist is being overused like super kicks and Canadian destroyers. The mist should be so special and unique unto one. 
It was unique to Kendo Nagasaki at one point. It was unique to the great Muda at one point. It might have been unique to somebody else that I can't think of at one Kabuki. point. But yeah, great Kabuki. Great Kabuki. The great Kabuki. Great call, Mark. Thank you. And it should be unique to Asuka, but now Asuka and Nakamura? Are we to think that only the Japanese wrestlers are a master of the mist? Well, and that and the other problem with that is Asuka used the mist earlier on in the show, so you had two spots right. where the mist was used. And by the way, neither mist factored into the finish of the match. So then no. the mist doesn't mean yeah. at all. It, it, you now we're d- diluted. Now yeah. we're taking something that used to mean something and was effective, and great word, Mark, we're diluting it. Moves are getting diluted. Weapons are getting diluted. Bumps are getting diluted. Now gimmicks like... As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold, hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, and cold-press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, Nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. That's mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Mr. Getting Diluted. Hey, everyone. It's Howard Bender from the Andy Up Podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show, though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts, 
or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso back here on Busted Open. Mark Henry, Bully Ray. Listen, I love myself some Cody, and I love Jay Uso right now, and they are your undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. Now, great moment, great match. I think you both would agree. Great way to start off Fastlane on Saturday. And you know when it comes to having Cody with championship gold around his waist, I'm not one to complain. But I do have to bring up a pet peeve that I have. And it's something I've always had. And I'm speaking to Mark Henry. He's a Hall of Famer. I'm also speaking to a two-time Hall of Famer in Bully Ray, who's one of the greatest and most decorated tag team wrestlers of all time. So who better to talk to than you two gentlemen? But my pet peeve is this. I hate, and this happens a lot in the WWE, when you throw two main eventers together, you put them in a tag team, and you have them go up an established tag team and win. We saw that not once, but twice on Saturday. We saw John Cena and LA Knight go up against the tag team that's part of one of the biggest factions that we've seen in pro wrestling in a decade and win. And then we saw Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso that have tagged for the first time ever, not including the eight-man tag that we saw on SmackDown, and they beat your tag team champions. So I'm going to first go to you, Bully, because you are our tag team specialist. You are the most decorated tag team wrestler of all time. I, Bully, I fucking hate when they take established tag teams and lose to a team that they just throw together. Am I wrong in feeling this way? And again, they did it not once, but twice on Saturday. Well. <laughs> um, there's ways you can do it that work. There's situations you can do it in that work. If the two guys that are put together, like Cody and Jay, mm-hmm are baby faces it works if two guys put together like la knight and cena it works they're baby faces most of the time in the world of the wwe it's when baby faces are brought together who seem to might have an issue can they coexist Ugh. it worked on both instances for fast lane i've been a part of it so many times I've been a part of it when it's a singles wrestler who defeats the established tag team. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I understand why it's done. If you take two guys who are teaming together for the first time, you're telling me that they're going to have the chemistry to be able to beat a team that has been teaming together for a while, it really doesn't make sense. But if you do the match the right way, it can make all the sense in the, in the world. First of all, the team that's going over should use a singles finish. It should be one of the singles guys beating the tag team guy with a singles move. 
the two singles guys shouldn't have an established finish. And if you notice, noticed Uso and Cody hit a modified 1D or 3D with the Cody cutter off of the ropes, but then Cody picked up um, one of the Judgment Day guys. It was Finn Balor. It was Finn and gave him the crossroads and they got the one, two, three. There should also be some kind of misdirection going on in which the heel faction gets caught. One guy going in one direction, the other guy going in the other direction. Something goes wrong. And I have had this argument, not discussion, argument with Arn Anderson, who is one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. But I'm just not going to succumb my end of the argument to Arn just because he's Arn. Arn always said, well, that makes the heels look stupid. If done at the right time during a match, the heel doesn't have to look stupid, but the baby face can look smart. Example, if me and Mark Henry are two heels mm-hmm. and we're going to double crush, Mark is going to Vader splash the baby face and I'm going to Vader splash the baby face, but that baby face is able to move out of the way at the last second and me and Mark Henry double Vader splash each other and Mark being stronger than me, I bump and I have to roll out of the ring. And then that baby face rolls Mark Henry up and gets the one, two, three. Mark, do you see what I did there? I put you over you for put being me stronger. In getting the taking the finish. But then you're doing the job, brother. Damn it. <laughs> Got me again. Hey, but That's- you see how he put me over first though? No, you're stronger. So you knock me out. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Like I said, one yeah. of the greatest politickers of all time. <laughs> Nobody. I mean, let me top five. All time. But that's a way you can do it. That's the art, Dave, of the the two single guys winning. So, yes, I understand your point of view why you don't like it. But if done the right way, it can make sense. I, I think I think what but the WWE it... has done it to death and they don't always do it the right way. I mean, the whole but can they coexist has become a punchline. It is. It's a punchline. But I think what really bothers me and it's kind of like what we said earlier, Mark, about like with the mist is like we saw the mist with Oscar and then we saw the mist again with Nakamura. If there was just one tag match where this happened, I think I would be okay with it. But we saw two matches on Saturday where this happened. I mean, both those matches, you have established teams, one part of the best faction, and one that are your tag teams, and both their opponents are teaming for the first time. When it's that glaring, you have to take notice, Mark. And I think that's what happened on Saturday at Fastlane. Yeah, I, I, but Dave, just like Bully said, there, there's a way to do it. Um, and I feel like that for the sake of the stories going forward, you almost needed it to go this way. And, and I know that you're, you know, you're stickling for the old way. And there's nothing wrong with that because the old way is where we came from and you got to know where you came from to know where you're going. And I think that 
because they were able to do it correctly, I can tolerate it because I know the stories are going to progress. But as soon as these established tag teams, they get through this story, I need the established tag teams to get their comeuppance. I need the established tag teams to go back to that and beat the same people to get the tag titles back. And maybe that that would happen, but and and I I understand where you're going, where you're coming from, Mark, because it's probably more about the story that's going to follow than yeah. the match that we took that took place. Obviously, more so with L.A. Knight and John Cena. It's not really about L.A. Knight and John Cena. It's more about this bloodline is fracturing, and we're going to see uh, Roman Reigns on Friday on SmackDown. It's just that when you do it twice on the same show, it's glaring to me, and it really grabs bully. Would you would you agree with that? That maybe it was a bit of overkill at Fastlane on Saturday. Um, I can see why you would use that overkill, but this is not something that the WWE recently has done over and over and over again. Pencil in your hand, Dave. Gun to your head. Which Man. team? Which 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 finish would you have changed? Which team think, should have lost? Uh, I think Cody and Jay should have lost. Uh, really? Yes. I think it it's more important moving forward with the bloodline story with Solo and Jimmy, especially with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is back on Friday. It's been a while since we've seen Roman Reigns, and the bloodline is in complete disarray. Like, since Roman has left and has been off of TV, this bloodline has fallen apart. So it's like, man, I can't wait to see Roman on Friday because I know Roman Reigns is going to be fucking pissed. Now, when it comes to Cody and Jay, is it a feel-good moment? Sure. Guys, you know me. I'm the biggest Cody fan that there is. Like, I love Cody Rhodes. I'm his number one fan. Go ahead, Mark. Dave, you're, you're a Rock and Roll Express fan. Yeah. So why, I think that if it would have been a Rock and Roll Express finish, then you would have you'd have been fine with it. If it would have been uh, all shit breaks down and all four people are in and the legal man is taking a beating and then the, the guy that's illegal is able to do something to save the partner, the, the guy that's legal, that's hurt, goes down on all fours, the drop kick comes, he bumps over his teammate, <clears throat> Crossbody, knocked the two guys out of the ring to the floor, and then the the guy's able to capitalize. The legal guy is able to capitalize and win that match. Then you 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 can go with that, right? I mean, I, I guess. I, I mean, I I don't think I would have a problem with that. But it's more about that the, you have these two matches on the same show. So like, and and bully's question. So that's is your if, problem that it happened twice on. The it happened show. twice, but but okay. but. But that's probably if you if it was just one of those matches, Mark. I don't think I would have had that big of a problem. But you but you gave me two established tag teams losing to guys that were thrown together just for the sake of having that match. Now, Bully's question is an interesting one because it's like if I had to change one finish, what would it be? It would be the opening match because guys, I'm the number one Cody fan. I'm the biggest Cody fan there is. Cody winning the tag titles. It, that's not what this story's about. It's, it, 
It, all right, this is a chapter in that story. Okay, it's still, to me, about ultimate, ultimately winning the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. This is a nice little footnote in the story, but to me, it's not like, it's not this wow, feel-good moment. If I if I had to really choose, it would be Cena and L.A. Knight because more about, it's not about, it's not about Cena and L.A. Knight. It's really about the bloodline. When it comes to the Judgment Day, completely different story. The Judgment Day, I want to see the Judgment Day be dominant. That's what I want to see. And you could still have done what we ultimately saw. Damian Priest still could have hurt his knee. And then uh, Rhea Ripley could have been like, you know what? You won the match. Congratulations. But give me that briefcase. You're not at 100% after the battle you just had. And you're not cashing in. Because this is all about dominance moving forward. It's all about what the Judgment Day is moving forward. Now the Judgment Day, Judgment Day took a major hit. Now they lost the tag team championships. And Damian Priest didn't cash in. So now you have a fractured bloodline moving forward. And you have a fractured Judgment Day moving forward. I, to, in my opinion, I think it's unnecessary. That's just my opinion. It's a good okay, point. You're entitled to that. It, it, it's it's a good point. But I don't think they're about to derail Cody, and I don't think they're about to derail LA Knight. Yeah. The both of those guys, they they pour too much money into and too much time into building them. And you, you just can't derail that. You gotta let it play out. And then whatever punishment you gotta take on your own, it's like you don't cut your arm off to spite your hand. Like, they got to do the right thing by what they've already started doing. And I agree with that, Mark, when it comes to L.A. Knight. I completely agree. L.A. Knight needed that win on Saturday with John Cena. They needed that win. I don't know if Cody and Jey Uso did. I I really don't. They're getting thrown together. They're still the story. You would be going ballistic today if Cody lost. I, yep, I don't think would. I would have, Bully. I don't think I would Dave, have. Dave, look at what's going because on. Jay on took the pin. Because Jay would have took the pin. But, but ahead, wait Bully. a minute. Wait a minute. But what if Cody would have took the pin? You might be right. I might have a problem yeah. with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah. there you have it. Dave, look just, at what's hey, going on. Hey, I'm just being honest. I got to be honest. Fine. Go ahead, Bart. If you, if you look at what's going on, MJF and Adam Cole – like, that stuff was very entertaining. Yes. This is an opportunity for WWE programming to have something like that on their show. And the interactions already between Cody and Jay in one night of celebratory action was entertaining as hell. That had us, that was the first thing we talked about on this show this morning when we were prepping for the show. Well, Mark, you make so, a great point because based on that, you may be 100% right. And if that's the truth, then I throw everything I said right out the window. Still didn't have to have both matches on the same show. You didn't need to do that because it was glaring. <laughs> 
Hey everyone, Jen Piacenti here, host of Sticks and Stacks, the podcast that brings you the very best action from the world of hockey and baseball. Each week, myself, Sean Drotar, and Nate Lundy will bring you our best picks and talk you through the props, bets, and fantasy advice that can help you become the best fantasy manager in your league or even just help you win some money. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. Now, Bully, Mark said something very interesting that got me rethinking what I said earlier about Cody and Jey Uso. And he brought up Adam Cole and MJF. At first glance, Adam Cole and MJF shouldn't work. But boy, does it. It really does work to the point where real-life best friends, Roderick Strong and Adam Cole, seems unnatural and really just feel... It just, there's like a disconnect, right? Because... Now we're used to Adam Cole and MJF, and whether they're real-life friends or not doesn't really matter. When it comes to their on-screen chemistry, it's amazing. Now, when it comes to Jay and Cody, we could have something similar. And if that's what we're going to see moving forward between those two, I'm really into it. So kudos to you, Mr. Henry, because I agree with you. Case in point is the media press conference that took place after Fastlane. Now, Bully, I don't know. Did you have the, the, the chance to watch the media press conference after Fastlane? Not the whole thing, but I saw Jay and Cody. Okay. Now, I watched it because that's what I do on a Saturday night, is I watched the press conference after, after Fastlane. It says a lot about your life. Exactly. I wow. take it and I own it. No, that's a receipt, uh, by the way, Mark. That's a receipt because he hit me with that one about three weeks ago when I said I was watching reruns of The Price is Right. Exactly. Um, but that at least is during the week and mine's on a weekend night. But anyway, I digress. And I'm not stealing that from Taz, by the way. I was the first one to say I digress because this show's been on the air for 15 years. Now, when you look at the chemistry between Jay and Cody – you have to go to that presser. Now, this presser is very controversial. People are up in arms about this presser. A lot of the quote-unquote wrestling journalists are very upset about this press conference because for the most part, everybody was in character during the presser. Now, were Jay and Cody in character? I don't think so. I think <laughs> Jay and Cody. Yeah, if they were playing what? Dean Martin and Foster Brooks. <laughs> Exactly. So, for those who don't know, and listen, this is natural. They just won the tag team championships. Hell, they got thrown together, never teamed before, and they beat an established tag team and won the tag titles. I don't know, you gotta celebrate. You got to celebrate that. I mean, nobody saw that coming. I mean, I mean, wow. Like, we just beat, you know, the Judgment Day, an established tag team great faction we just beat them and won the tag titles now this is the first time that cody has won the tag titles i believe in a very long time first gold that he's gotten since coming back to the wwe for sure then you have jay uso i believe this is the first time that jay uso has had gold around his waist and he hasn't been with his brother so this is very unique and very different for Jay Uso. So, Mark, that's cause for celebration, right? That's right. All right. I mean, not so, to mention, Dave, also, is Jay the first WWE tag team wrestler to win a tag title? 
with two different teams? No, I would think that had to have been done before for sure. Yeah. 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 Jericho, I know, has done Jericho. it many times. Yeah. Okay. All right. But either way, it's cause for celebration. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.